Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. So, Shuri, let's get stuck into the cricket once again. It's been a few weeks that we've talked about this. At time of recording, Stumps is not long called in the second test. Australia in bloody good shape there. But first, let's start with the Women's World Cup. Yeah, been a really interesting start to this Women's World Cup in New Zealand. Uh, the reigning champions, England, are in Ooh, yeah. big, big trouble at the moment. They've played three. They've lost three. Mm. And I tell you what, they would have expected at least one of them. I mean, they lost to Australia. Fair enough. They lost to South Africa today, fair enough, but they did lose to the West Indies as well. All three of them really, really close games. It's also the first time that England have ever lost three straight at a World Cup. Wow, yeah, okay. So yep. very, very unexpected and... Geez, Good for the health of the game. It is, and it was yeah. it was a great game. I actually managed to watch a bit of the South Africa game and it, it came down to really the final three or four overs with the middle order slash early tailenders coming in and hitting the winning run. So yeah, it was great to watch and... Look, obviously, as an Aussie fan, we don't mind seeing England get beaten. It's uh, (laughs) never so bad. And it's kind of got to the stage now where they've got two really big games, India and New Zealand. If they lose both of those, they are probably out, you would say. Oh, they'd have to win both big, I would imagine, to have any chance. Well, this, the thing is the West Indies are kind of winning games that they should lose and losing yeah, games they should yeah, win. So okay. that yeah. kind of throws the cat amongst the pigeons yeah, a little bit. Okay, but okay. it's looking really, really tough for England to defend their championship. Now, one thing I did see in today's game, Stewie, is Seema Mazabata class. And boy, it was all class. A bit of luck too. (laughs) Nat Siva has top-edged one, but not in what you'd expect. So she's gone through a full 360 swing motion, basically, and it's hit the top edge on the way through. I don't really know how else to explain it without... She's basically gone for like a swivel pull shot and the ball sort of bounced off her glove and ricocheted That's on, true, on, yes. It's come on, through, yeah. Yeah, ricocheted onto her bat, which was facing the complete opposite direction of the bowler, and it's just... Going to slip. Straight to slip. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. one of the most unusual dismissals you will ever see. Oh, it sure is. It absolutely is. Hats off to Marazan Cap, who had a 5 for 45 in that match, the best bowling performance by a South African in a Women's World Cup. And obviously, we have quite a, a nice link to Marazan Cap. She was a member of the Perth Scorchers Big Bash team that won the premiership over yes, here. Yes, indeed, yes. All of a few Very months ago. Very recently, yes. Yep. Played an amazing, amazing tournament. Now, the Aussies absolutely cruising. As we said, they beat England. They also beat Pakistan really comfortably. They smashed New Zealand yesterday without Jess Jonathan as well. Ash Gardner smoked 48 off oh, 18. Yeah. Wow. She yeah. was just hitting them everywhere. And then, yeah, South Africa looking. Okay, they're expected to do well. They weren't overly convincing in beating Pakistan and Bangladesh, but today was actually their highest ever run chase in a World Cup. So, uh, And um, if you keep winning, that's the main thing. This is it. So they looked really poised in the final overs, and that's kind of all you can hope for. Absolutely. And it's unusual for South African cricket teams to be poised in final overs in World Cups, I dare say. Well, we're not at at the final stages yet. (laughs) Yeah, true. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But what I've actually enjoyed about this tournament is that going into it, it was expected that it would be four spots for five teams, the Aussies, South Africa, New Zealand, India, and England. But the West Indies have kind of come in. I mean, as I said, they beat England, they beat New Zealand, and they've really kind of given a little bit more of a dimension to this this knockout round. Added some drama and spots, yeah. All of a sudden, it's kind of looking at six into four, which doesn't go quite as well. No, that's good. And obviously, for teams like Australia and South Africa who are stockpiling wins early, that is key. Yes. So they've just got to get through without injury and and worry about the next stage. Absolutely. And we'll talk about it more next week because obviously they'll be a little bit closer to the the semifinals and the quarterfinals. So we'll kind of talk about it a bit more once we know where we're at with that. Indeed. Absolutely. So the blokes, well, the second test very different to the first. It was looking a lot like the first, wasn't it? It was. 
Unbelievable. So that one ended in an unceremonial draw. Very disappointing after, what, 25-odd years since we've been there in person. And to have 14 wickets fall across yeah, five days. Yeah, that's terrible. It's disgraceful. Yeah, yeah. And less did, than three a day on average. You, you're, yeah. you're right, though. It looked exactly like it was going to be a carbon copy of this. It really did. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> and, and, and you're just thinking, like, what is going on here? What sort of message does this send to teams do you actually want to come and play in Pakistan if they're just going to serve up these horrible wickets that do nothing? Well, I dare say there were probably a lot of journalists at about four o'clock Perth time, seven o'clock Eastern States time that were rewriting articles because the tide changed very quickly, didn't it? I may have rewritten my notes as well. <laughs> well, hey, you know, shit happens. I mean, it was looking like, and Marnus's reaction. So we went down the pub and we watched the Wildcats and their cricket side by side. We had a nice little corner there with the two tellies. My girlfriend and I were laughing at Marnus's reaction after he ran himself out because he knew there were runs on offer on that deck and he blew it. And this is a bloke that's used to getting a 50 nearly every time he strides out there. Well, yeah, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. You look, Nathan Lyon made 38. Pat Cummins made 34. Mitch Swepson made 15 not out on, on debut. debut. So yeah, yeah. you've got all of these guys making runs. But then the, the only person who really didn't make more than 20, we can't really count what Swepson did because he was not out, was Lapshane. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, oh, he knew his reaction. My God. Absolute suicide single. Yeah, it was terrible. But hats off to Mitch. Great to see him in the team. And I thought it was a very nice touch, Usman giving him his baggy green, given that Usman is playing in his country of birth. Well, and his, had a ton. His, his home city. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that exactly. Is exactly where the Kawajas are from. So, yeah. And do you know what was even better was that he kind of, and we'll, I guess we'll kind of mention now, after the Aussies made nine declared for 556, this is where I'd kind of written out all the same stuff. This entire series has been a farce. No one's trying to win, all this yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. Oh, and there were some very defensive bowling tactics by the Pakistani bowl, well, uh, we'll, spin bowlers. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. there's an interesting thing I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. About. Yeah. But then the Aussies have come through and absolutely skittled Pakistan for 148. It's more, I guess, what we were expecting. But it was actually the run out that Mitch Swepson yes, had at the yes, start. That yes. was the catalyst. Indeed. Yeah, well, you could argue that it wasn't his two wickets. It was actually that run out that was the most impressive play of his day, wasn't it, really? Well, it was. And it kind of gave the Aussies the belief that, you know what, this is not going to be the same as the first test where Pakistan just battered and battered and battered. And you just felt like you couldn't get him out. And, and the thing is, wickets fall in bunches. So all it takes is one often. And they just, you can skittle them. And that's what happened. Mitch Stark took two wickets and two balls. Yep. And all of a sudden, it exposed that middle order that kind of hadn't been tested previously in, in the last test. And yeah, everyone really contributed. I mean, Stark, he took three. You had Cummins and Lyon, one apiece. Cameron Green took one as well. Yes, yep. An yep. absolute beauty. So there's... They there's, all had good economy rates. So, yep. Yeah, it's you couldn't really ask for much more. And then obviously... They've come in and put the foot down a little bit. At the well, end and we were talking about this when you got here before we hit record, is that basically Aussies are shit scared of sending teams in to follow on in yep. the subcontinent. So we took the bat again. And maybe it wasn't a bad idea. Give our bowlers a bit of a rest. I think they'll probably miss the first session tomorrow. To just bat through that. The lead's sitting just shy of 500. It's a 489. Bat for a session. Maybe. I reckon declare just like maybe 10 overs before the end of the session yeah. and have a ping at them yep. and then have another ping at them when they come back from lunch. And, and by that stage, the lead should be up towards 600 anyway. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It could even be more. Depends. Depends how fast they really want to go at it. And yeah, there's a lot of hitters in the. Marnus would be keen to cash in after that first innings, yeah. I dare say. But you might see guys like Alex Carey and Travis Head getting promoted. Cameron Green as well come out swing. Sure. Yeah, they could. They see, could. see how they yep. want to go about it. But no, it, it's interesting. So going back to what you were saying before about this horrible negative tactics, negative yeah. a lot of leg side sort of stuff. 
it poses the question, is it time to start bringing in wides for that sort of stuff? Well, Stewie, it's funny you say that because it might be covered in the new cricket laws that we'll talk about in a sec, but we'll finish up on this game and this series first. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the really big thing to talk about is Usman Kawaja. Yeah. We've, we've kind of briefly talked about him. He's grabbed his opportunity. There was a lot of pressure on him going over there, going back to sort of the, the motherland. And Well, I think it would have been a lot of internal pressure he would have put on himself, actually. Yep. Yeah. And, and especially after the first test, so close to that century with 97, you think, oh, what can yeah, that do? Yeah, that was sad, wasn't it? Yeah. But what can that do to a bloke's mentality? Yeah. All of a sudden, he comes out and puts on this magnificent 160. And until he got out, it was, you know, it was it was a not flawless and not chanceless, but it was a very, very classical innings. Yeah, look, I'm really glad he's back in the side. And I think that he there's every reason to believe he'll keep that spot. And I think it's a good little opening pair. So Alex Carey was great with 93. Not so great around the pool, but he was great <laughs> on the field. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. The, the reaction on his face when he realised someone was recording was even better. It was being recorded. I saw the footage from two different angles. Multiple, oh, wow. multiple people were recording. Yeah. yeah. There you go. The second angle explained a little bit more because I think he stepped on like the filter or something. And so yeah. it wasn't flat ground. But you, yeah. You could see that he was walking in the wrong direction. Yeah, the wrong angle. Oh, yeah. I still, the awareness or lack thereof, I still don't know how the hell he managed to do oh, it. Like. Well, we'd rather him be clumsy around there than behind the stumps yeah, or just, with a bat. Just stay healthy place yes, yeah absolutely. <laughs> thinking of mcgrath standing on balls oh, or aaron gosh. baines in bathrooms or you know all these weird <sighs> these non-sporting injuries and then we got i believe it was Corey webster cutting himself on an avocado yeah one of the webster with, brothers with, with, yeah, the, yeah, with yeah. the knife while he's trying to cut this avocado <laughs> yeah, boy said avocado is bad for you <laughs> so nath you alluded to these new cricket rules and the mcc has brought down nine of them which yeah, there's some interesting ones there's some not so interesting ones we thought we'd quickly run through them and kind of go through our reactions i guess absolutely yeah in this episode we'll have a bit of that discussion today actually so the first one comes under law one which is replacement players now under law 1.3 the replacement player will inherit any sanctions or dismissals of the person they're replacing so a person could come on get out first ball or not bowl a single ball and be credited with a century or a fifer outrageous isn't it, James? It just, it makes no sense at all. I mean, we've talked previously about in the NBA how weird it is, the coaching rules when guys aren't on the bench and that sort of thing. This is even worse, I think. Yeah. I, I just, I don't get it. Why? Why? I think I think it's a good rule. The replacement rule is a good modern inclusion that needed to happen with worries about concussion. We've talked about Will Pukowski. He's back. Hopefully he'll have a good little stretch now after yeah. a really poor, a difficult time for him. I when I see it. Yeah. But so I, I don't have a problem with the replacement players, but inheriting the stats, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, could you imagine the other day when LeBron dropped 56, Stanley Johnson subs in with like a minute to go and he's like, yeah, I yeah, scored 56. Yeah, well, exactly. It just like, excuse. It's, it's very weird. It very is. weird. That one needs a rethink. <laughs> it, I think it does too. Now, the second one, law 18.11 has changed, stating that whether or not the batters cross, if a batter is out court, the new batter will always be on strike unless it is the end of the over. I'm not too fussed about this one, but I, what are your thoughts? Um, uh, was it necessary? I find it an interesting little wrinkle of the game and an interesting tactic of trying to cross... And like, oh, did they cross? I don't know. Like, look, I'm not devastated that it's gone, but I don't know if it was necessary, to be honest. It's probably a fair way to look at it. I mean, okay, it's one less decision that the umpires have to look for. So, there's, true. There's, I don't know if they think it will speed up the game, but yeah. I don't imagine 
It would do a hell of a lot. But... Oh, probably not, but it could facilitate more hat tricks. And this is one of the, the points. Oh, it will. It yeah. will facilitate more hat That's yeah. true. So I guess if they're trying to increase excitement, then. And yeah. th this was a point that one of our mates made on one of our sports chats that he had. He, he did say that the hat tricks will come in a lot more. Yeah, definitely. And, and so, yeah, look, if it brings up the entertainment value with more hat tricks, I mean, they are something that you get excited about. I mean, you, you listen to the roar of a crowd when a hat trick ball is being delivered, you know, the, the slow clap. Well, Wani with the David Boone catch. Yes, in exactly. the early mid nineties. So yeah, oh, he's got it. He's got yeah. It. By the way, we said we were going to talk about Warney a bit this week. We're going to save that to next week when we have a special guest, hopefully. Yes. So. But no, I, I don't really mind that one so much. And it, yeah, as you say, if it takes out a judgment call, I'm not. I can live with that one. Yeah. Yeah. So the third one, War twenty point four point twelve, is dead ball. If either side is disadvantaged by a person, animal, or other object, the ball can be declared dead. Probably not a huge impact for us as an Australian audience, aside from maybe the pigeons. Yeah, yeah, that Big Bash final mm. with Bill worrying, oh, he's gone, I'm afraid he's gone. Do you remember that? And he was back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, out of the crowd. And yeah. it was a final. Yeah. And it was a really exciting final too. It, it was, was that one where Brett Lee had the brain explosion near the end. And Oh, man. Yeah, look, uh, every now and then a dog will run on the field this, as well. Yeah, this is more like... I, I, I don't know. I feel like it, more, it probably affects other Island, countries. Island, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, England, I just <laughs> think it's happened in New Zealand too, actually. But yeah. To me, I just think immediately of like Irish County yeah. sort, of, sort of thing like... <laughs> County somewhere we'd never heard of. And maybe it applies more to the lower levels than tests, I think for so, example. Yeah. yeah. And, and obviously, you know, these laws have to cater to all levels. Yeah. So it makes sense. Uh, the fourth one, Law 21.4, a bowler attempting to run out of batter before entering their delivery stride will now be a dead ball, previously a no ball. Have you ever even seen that happen? Never. Not that well. If I have, I don't remember. Guy gets to the top of his stride, takes three big, big steps in and goes, oh, He's out of his crease. I'm, yeah, I'm never yeah, saying that. Yeah, well, actually, I probably have once or twice. It's normally an act of aggression, though. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's an excuse to pelt it at a bloke because he's got his bat out of the crease. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, very rare, though. Very it's, rare. Yeah, I, I can't see that being a problem. Law 22.1, a wide will now be called based on where the batter stood as the bowler entered their delivery stride. So I kind of thought that was how it was being adjudicated already anyway. You see, obviously, a lot of those judgment calls in the BBL with guys backing away or moving across their crease trying to open up angles. Yeah. Has anything changed there? I don't think it has. Oh, it's like, it's, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, it? It's maybe just putting it in writing. Yeah. And they've probably said to the umpire as well, this is how you need to adjudicate it. Now it's officially in writing. What does bother me is when a bloke takes a step back to try and give himself some more room to hit it over the offside, for example, and then misses it. So it looks wide, but actually it's within the popping crease. You know mm. what I mean? So that's the one that pisses me off. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it hasn't changed. Maybe it won't change those negative tactics. Yep. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, here's an interesting one. Number six, law 25.8. If the ball lands off the pitch, the batter can go after it as long as some part of their bat or person remains on the pitch, but it will result in a no ball if they can't reach it. Now, I was going to bring up the Alan Border one, but I see on your notes there over your shoulder that you've got the Alan Border one. Absolutely. So that's the one that comes to yes, mind immediately. Smashing yeah. Phil Simmons yeah. for six after the ball's gone miles away. I don't mind it, to be honest. I reckon hit it if you can. The ball will slip out of a bowler's hand every now and then, just like a batter might do something stupid with their bat every now and then. I, I don't actually have a problem right, with so it. To, so to clarify, you're on the same side of the fence as me. You think they should have left that one. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's absolutely It's fun. very rare. And it's, yeah, it is fun. Yes. yes. You hear the crowd, oh, go hit it, hit it. I don't know. I don't really think they needed to do anything with that one. Anyway, whatever. It's fun. Why change it? Yeah, if it ain't broke. Number seven, laws 27.4 and 28.6, unfair movement by the fielding side. 
So if as the bowler runs in, a member of the fielding side rapidly changes positions, it will be five runs. So you think about things like guy shaping up to sweep and guys running across from slip to leg slip maybe doesn't work quite well, as well. I, to be honest, I think when this sort of stuff happens, I don't think it's very often a nefarious or borderline cheating action. Hmm. I think it's just a bloke having a brain fade where he's gone, oh, whoops, I was meant to be fielding there. I better run. You know what I mean? So I don't think necessarily those instances are super cheaty, but they shouldn't happen. And I think this is a fair penalty. So, for example, the batter comes in, has a look around at the nine fielders who aren't the bowler and the wicketkeeper, yep. sees a guy at third man and goes, all right, I've got a little bit of room there. And all of a sudden, as the bowler's coming in, he sprints in inside, he or she, sorry, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sprint yep. inside the circle and... Little lap sweep. Well, it doesn't take much. You only need to move by a metre to change things pretty significantly. Now, obviously, people are allowed to walk in. Oh, walking in's fine. Laterally, yeah. but from side to side, even you don't even need to run in 10 metres. Mm. Moving a little bit is enough to change the field. So It will be interesting to see what this does. Now, we get into the, one, the one that's divided pretty much the entire internet. The man-cad rule has been moved from the unfair play section to section 38 run out. And I, for one, could not agree more. Amen. Pull out the party poppers. Now, I did see one interesting tweet. It was from Georgie Parker, who said, if you mancad, you probably also have a picture of you with a fish on your unsuccessful dating profile. Nothing like a high-profile sports person basically saying, if you disagree with me, you're a bad person. Like, oh, I do love Georgie Parker. Though. She loves her cricket and she's quite funny. But, and that, I mean, that's a funny kind of, Oh, it's, it's, she's it's, clearly looked at a few dating profiles and seen a few fishes. It's humorous, but, yeah. but like, don't tell me. No, well, I just disagree with her on this yeah, one. Don't, yeah, don't tell me I'm wrong because I don't have the same viewpoint as you. That's that's yeah, that's not how the internet works. <laughs> but the one I did find really interesting was Stuart Broad's comments. He said, so the man cat is no longer unfair and is now a legitimate dismissal. Hasn't always been a legitimate dismissal and whether it is unfair is subjective. I think it's unfair and wouldn't consider it as, in my opinion, dismissing a batter is about skill and the man cad requires zero skill. In my opinion, run out is a skill. Hearing someone run sprinting full pace to pick up the ball and deciding which end to throw it to in a split second and aiming your throw close to the stumps to run out. The man cad, of course, named after Venu Mancad, who did it in Australia at Sydney uh, in 1947. Here's a tweet by Mark Puddick, which I think is in basically direct response to the Stuart Broad one you've just read. If dismissing batters were purely about skill, every bowler would call back a batter who got out in a way that the bowling did not intend. Mancad was an innovator and there's nothing unfair about it. That That is a very fair response. Well, I agree 100%. I think the game already favours batters too much. And if someone is backing up, I've seen people back up so far. Okay, maybe give them a warning once, but on the... It, I have no problem with it at all. Well, I have two things that I kind of took away from that tweet from Stuart Broad. So firstly, this is coming from a bloke who edged one to slips once and didn't walk. So last person to talk about fair. Let's just start with that. Well, I'm not, well okay, you and I clearly see differently about walking. I think the umpire is there to make a decision and, and they should make the decision. When you edge it to slip, that's too much. Anyway, Well, if the umpire is too fucking stupid to see it, I, that's not, yeah. Well, we disagree on that we one. We just absolutely but we agree on absolutely that. Absolutely we do. Like, yeah. And I know this is, as you always say, like throwing stones in glass houses, but he's, yes. he's always been a cheat. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the big thing for me was if it takes no skill to mancad someone, then don't ever run someone out unless it's a direct hit from a decent distance away. If you take a relay throw in and whip the bales off, that doesn't take any skill. No. So how about don't do that ever yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, but, it's a poor argument on Broad's part. And fuck you, Stuart Broad, for, <laughs> for, for, no, for ruining my first name. <laughs> 
Absolutely ruined my first name. Okay. I've always argued and I will continue to argue that if a man cat isn't fair, then neither is a stumping. Yeah, no, I agree. 100%. Don't stump someone for just trying to play a shot. The fact they're out of their crease is maybe a lapse in judgment. Well, does the crease matter at all? Or does it only matter in certain circumstances? Well, yeah, exactly. It just it, doesn't make it sense. Does. In a man cat, yeah. it doesn't in a stumping. It does not make sense. Honestly, I don't even think there should be a warning. If you want to talk spirit of the game, stop cheating by being three or four feet outside the crease before the ball's bowled. It ain't a one-way straight. I'll clarify that. I don't think there should be a rule for a warning, but if a bloke like Stuart Broad wants to give someone a warning when they're out of their crease first and then do it after that, I'm okay with that. But no, I, I, but, but again, if it's the first ball of the game, I don't have a problem with it. If you're backing up, you've lost your opener because they were stupid. But if you take a quick single on the first ball of the game... You can be run out. Yeah, yeah. you get yeah. run out. Well, yep. What's, yep. what's the difference? Yeah. For some reason, Stewie, you and I seem to be in the minority when it comes to man kids, but we are very firmly in that it's a, Yeah. If you're outside of the crease when you shouldn't be and someone takes your bales off. And it's not a dead ball. That's on you. Yeah. So, yeah. Amen. No. And the last one quickly, number nine, saliva permanently banned. So we're not allowed to use saliva anymore. You can still use sweat, but yeah, I don't really have a problem with this. I think it gets rid of the potential use of foreign objects like lollies and whatnot. And that's the difference between sweat and saliva. So so I do think there's a difference. So I'm okay with that. Well, you can't hide sweets in your sweat. Well, exactly. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. So it's fair enough that they wanted to remove any doubt of people if they did have anything in their mouth that might cause the ball to get sticky or whatever it might be. So I'm okay. Yeah, that's fine. So yeah, very much some polarizing stuff in there. I think for the most part, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm happy with most of it. Yeah. There's nothing too egregious, but no, but well, well, actually. Well, there's one. Yeah, that substitution one is yeah. really baffling. I wonder if they'll run that one back. I really do. If we see a situation like you said. Where he gets man-catted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where a bloke gets man-catted on zero when they're, uh, the player they replaced had a double ton or something. Yeah. <laughs> and a five-fake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and nice. just quickly on the cricket, the Marsh Cup won by WA. As we said, didn't really get to watch it, but uh, you know, I thankfully got a message from mum to say that it was on. So I was able to go back on KO and watch the end. And this just typifies WA cricket right now. They can defend anything. Yes, that bowling attack. Like 225 is an atrocious score in a one day. We were actually lucky to get to that. It was 44 from Jai Richardson and a 52-run stand between Matt Kelly and Jason Berendorf with nine wickets down. New South Wales should have cantered it in. Seven for 204 they were with Moses and Reeks and Ben Dwarshus set. They needed 22 off 36. I just wonder if Ben Dwarshus only knows one way and that's to smack the shit out of it. So, although on Reeks should have been maybe yeah. a bit more conservative. It's less than four and over. Yeah, Just yeah. waltz that in. I only saw highlights, but my God, that catch by Hilton Cartwright, it basically changed the game. Absolutely. That was catches win matches. That was, yes. Yeah. That, that was the turning point. Yep. One of the best outfield catches you'll see, full Superman, gets rid of Enrique's off Darcy Short, which I thought was a very risky decision to bowl. Yeah. When it's a low score on that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, proved to be a masterstroke. It, it did. And New South Wales lose three for three. And that was that. Yep. So, yeah, phenomenal effort from the, the WA boys. And look, Neither side was at full strength. Obviously. No, oh no, no. It's it's a nice little revenge, both the Big Bash yes. and the Marsh Cup from last year. So absolutely, these two teams have played in the one day competition final a lot over the last decade or so. So yeah, big big week of cricket indeed. Thanks for listening to this Sport Blokes segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes. Mm-hmm.